Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Usher Weighs In. Dr. Usher Weighs In is where we deal with the uh, extreme uh, cost of healthcare and uh, solutions for that. And we also talk about the ever-growing problem of obesity in America and worldwide and uh, solutions and thoughts uh, about that. So today on our podcast, we are going to talk about uh, a very interesting topic, which I think is um, under-discussed in the media, which is the list of existing and and soon-to-be-expanding list of medications that are approved by the FDA for uh, treating obesity. As you all know, if you've listened to this podcast before or have uh, ever been in touch with our, our practice reform medicine, uh, we uh, specialize in, have a special interest, let's say, in treating obesity as really a primary care problem. Uh, we like to say because there's a, a prevalence of obesity in this country that's nearly half the population, it's about 43% of all adults uh, struggle with obesity, uh, another 30% or more are actually overweight. So that's almost 75% of the population is dealing with their weight in some way, or maybe not dealing with it, uh, depending on uh, how big of a problem it is for them. Uh, so over the years, I've been a member of the uh, what was once the American Society of Bariatric Physicians, and uh, that has uh let's say, morphed into a new organization or a newer organization called the Obesity Medicine Association uh, sometime in the last 15 years or so. So uh, I refer to that as the OMA, the Obesity Medicine Association. Uh, So I just was at the OMA national meeting last week, and um, uh, among things that uh, occurred to me while I was there is um, there is a list of medications that can be used to treat obesity uh, with some good effect. And the fact that uh, we really haven't laid these out there, I think people uh, are not aware that uh, it is possible to treat obesity with various medications and not all of them are uber expensive, though some are. Uh, the ones that are coming out lately are are kind of off the chart expensive and, um, and in short supply. You're probably aware of some of those. Uh, Wegovi, for example, um, Manjaro is another one. Uh, I don't, this is not a CME, so I can use the brand names, thank goodness, because the, the name semaglutide and terzepatide uh, get really uh, painful to say after a while. Um, uh, but anyway, so I'm going to kind of run through that list, just talk about them briefly, tell you what some of the major benefits, major side effects are, kind of how they work, and um, and then kind of leave it at that and we'll as we go I'll tell you kind of which ones we use more of and which ones we use less of but uh, in any case that's going to be our uh, topic for the day and then um, if you happen to listen to this and have a primary care doctor somewhere and you're concerned about your weight it might be a good idea to have this conversation with them some of them are um, medications that primary care physicians might use routinely and they might not have uh they might use them comfortably with you to help you manage your weight. Uh, so here's the list. Without any further ado, um, first of all, before I do that, let's talk about uh, briefly 
why would you use these at all? Well, the answer is because studies have shown uh, that when you add these to a diet plan of some sort, uh, they get an additional 5% of body weight off of you compared to uh, when you don't use them. So they have been proven to be effective. <clears throat> the standard for being effective is pretty high uh, with the FDA compared to a lot of other drugs, so, which is why for a long time we've had um, kind of a uh, relative lack of obesity medicines because um, doing insurance plans have not wanted to cover obesity and um, doctors have not been well trained in it. Um, and even now, um, I have a relative who's in medical school and I don't know that he's, he's finishing his third year. I don't know that he's had any training at all in treating obesity. So of course, obesity spawns over 200 different, uh, let's say complications or downstream uh, diseases. So really if you're treating these diseases without getting at the root cause, which is obesity, you're kind of missing the primary cause. So, um, so it's good to know how to treat obesity and the, um, these medications can be a part of that, right? Um, okay, so uh, these medications work in various ways. They basically work on the brain's interpretation of signals. Um, they may affect the signals themselves, but they might also affect the way the brain interprets signals of hunger, for example, or being full. Um, and so uh, when you add these medications to what you're doing with a diet plan already, it helps you to stay on the diet better. That's basically what I tell people. We use medications to help you stay on the diet. The diet will help you lose weight. Uh, the medications will help you stay on the diet. So there we go. Um, uh, so medications, here's the list. Um, this one's been around for a long time. I'm going to mention it for historical interest. Um, this list, by the way, is not completely exhaustive, but it's the ones, these have all been um, approved uh, for for weight loss. There's a, a, another big list of them that are kind of not approved, uh, but are known to be helpful. And I'll mention a couple of those as well. Um, approved by the FDA means somebody, the drug company came to the FDA and said, hey, well, we've heard, we know this now with COVID vaccines. Um, hey, we have this study that shows that this, it's a, that this drug is helpful. It's better than placebo. It gets you, you know, at least 5% more uh, weight loss compared to not using the medication. Um, and then the FDA has to look at it for safety and they have to review the data. And these are usually pretty big studies. And um reasonably well done and so forth. Uh, sometimes they, and they only have to compare it to placebo. They don't have to compare it to other drugs that have been on the market before in order to get approval, uh, generally speaking. Um, so uh, so from a historical standpoint, there's a drug called Orlistat, which is a, a, a medication that blocks basically fat uptake from the gut. And um, the idea with fat was you use it with a low fat calorie restricted diet. And um, that would help you uh, to lose weight because it would block fat absorption and therefore energy or calorie absorption uh, from the gut. People talk about calories, but what they're really talking about is energy. A calorie is just a unit of energy. So um, it helps you block uh, calorie uptake from the gut in the form of fat. 
well, if you happen to be uh, sensitive to fat or eat enough fat in your low-fat diet, then that fat will pass through your intestine just like mineral oil in a constipated baby. And what happens is people wind up with, um, uh, for lack of a better word, fecal incontinence or um, oily stools, things like that. And that doesn't bode well with most people. Uh, so it has just been a medication that I uh, have not really used uh, maybe once or twice 15 or 20 years ago when it first came out. Uh, I gave that a whirl. Um, but people just generally weren't very thrilled about it. It can, it has been proven to help people lose weight, uh, but the, uh, I think it misses the point, as you all may or may not know, I'm much more of a fan of the uh, low-carb diet than a low-fat diet, and so I don't use Orostat much, but it's out there, and it's on everybody's list. Uh, I just don't know anybody in the world who uses it, honestly, but it, there it is. It's it's approved. Now, there's another medication called Phentermine. This one's been around for 65 years. Uh, this is what we call a sympathomimetic or a stimulant. Uh, it looks a lot like uh, an ADHD drug, frankly. Um, it's very, very safe. Um, it can be used in low doses or actually has been demonstrated to be very safe in pretty high doses um, to help people uh, control their appetite and uh, carb cravings uh, because it's a stimulant. It has a little bit of uh, benefit for things like focus and impulse control. So people can kind of stick to a plan better. I think it helps with boredom eating. Um, and so uh, fentanyl, we use a fair amount of that. Side effects from that are um, uh, dry mouth. Almost everybody will get dry mouth. Uh, if they take it, uh, which is not a horrible thing because when you're everybody who, whether they're trying to lose weight or not, should probably be drinking a lot more water than they are. Men probably over 100 ounces a day and women at least 64 or 72 ounces a day. So, um, so drinking some water in response to your dry mouth isn't, isn't a bad deal. Um, the second thing it will do because it's a stimulant is will, uh, if you take it too late in the day, might make it hard to get to sleep at night. And so uh, we counsel people to take it, you know, no later than noon, usually to start uh, morning and noon, we'll split it up uh, morning and noon. Um, and then adjust from there once people have gotten on the program and are, are doing well. A cousin to that medication, Fentermine, is actually um, kind of a half-brother, Fentermine plus uh, Topiramate. Uh, extended release. This is a uh, brand name of this is Qsymia, Q-S-Y-M-I-A. Uh, and this has been out now for a while, and it's been shown uh, to be uh, more effective than fentramine alone. Uh, fentramine alone is a, let's call it a $10 a month drug, doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, fentramine topiramate, because it's still branded as Qsymia, is quite a bit more expensive, maybe $300 a month. Uh, it could be less than that these days, but it's uh, still not a, a cheap drug. Uh, the topiramate, uh, which by itself would be off-label, but is also um, an effective uh, medication to help people lose weight. Topiramate is an anti-seizure medication, which doesn't get used much for seizures. It's really more of a, uh, a migraine medication. They did a big study on this uh, to see if it would help prevent migraines, and it seems to work pretty well for that. Um, but in the course of uh, this study, they also found that like uh, 
40% of their patients or some huge number of patients uh, lost like 40 pounds of weight throughout the course of the study. It really was um, kind of amazing. So they turned around and uh, said, hey, let's put that together with fentamine and see if we can come up with something. And in fact, um, uh, they demonstrated it is a pretty good combination. Uh, so that's Qsimia and, uh, and topiramate. Uh, topir uh, topiramate has side effects. If you use it in high doses, you can get uh, tingling in the fingers. Um, people talk about kidney stones uh, and some other things, but it's pretty really pretty rare. And I don't use it in high doses typically. It doesn't really usually take very much uh, to get benefit in the appetite realm. So um, all of these drugs, by the way, none of this is medical advice for you as an individual. You should talk to your doctor about all of these things if you're thinking this might be of interest to you. Or, of course, you can come see us at Reform uh, Reform Medicine. Uh, the next one is bupropion and naltrexone. This one is branded as Contrave. Bupropion is a... Is a uh, it, by itself, under the brand name is Wellbutrin. It's an antidepressant medicine. It works on uh, dopamine and norepinephrine in the brain. And dopamine is kind of, uh, every time we get excited about something or feel a little joy in our lives, there's a dopamine surge going on somewhere in our in our limbic system, typically in our brain, uh, which uh, controls emotions. So dopamine is also uh, the thing that is the issue in people with addictions. Uh, they have to have higher and higher levels of drug to get that, that high that they're looking for. Um, so Wellbutrin bupropion has been used to help people quit smoking in the past with some success. Uh, it's good for depression. Um, but it also by itself is, has been shown to help people lose weight. And so you put that together with naltrexone and, uh, and that's what this medication is. Naltrexone, uh, is a, uh, kind of in the opioid family, but it is a blocker. It's not a it's not a controlled substance at all, in fact. Um, and what that has been shown, and it doesn't require uh, special training or anything. It's not Narcan. Narcan is what we use to pull people out of opioid overdoses. Uh, but naltrexone does help with craving. It does help with, uh, they use it in treating alcoholics, uh, in fact. Um, so when people have trouble with sugar cravings, for example, naltrexone uh, can be helpful with that. And again, uh, bupropion and naltrexone together are uh, have been shown to be an effective combination for uh, weight loss. Uh, side effects from that, uh, naltrexone, sometimes people get a little nauseated with that, but really I don't see much in the way of side effects with the naltrexone. Uh, and the bupropion uh, is because it stimulates the norepinephrine levels, um, uh, which is like adrenaline a little bit. Um, kind of not closely related chemically, but kind of the same effect that fentanyl might have uh, for some people is it might make you not sleep very well. Um, some people will feel anxious with it. Uh, but on the whole, it's a, it's a pretty safe drug and has been around for a long, long time. Okay, some of the newer ones. This one has, isn't really that new. It's called loraglutide. It's been around for, I'm going to say, 10 years or so. Um, Brand name on this is Saxenda. It's uh, the same drug. This has loraglutide is like semaglutide, which we'll talk about in a second, but it's 
kind of been marketed under different names at different doses um, because it got approved for different things. So Saxenda is liraglutide approved for obesity. Victoza is liraglutide in a lower dose approved for diabetes. Um, Semaglutide has done the same thing. They have originally it was Ozempic for diabetes and Rebelsis for diabetes. And uh, now it's uh, been approved uh, as Wegovi just for obesity by itself without, without diabetes. Um, and those are, so uh, loraglutide, uh, Saxenda has been um, effective. It's been proven, proven effective. It's a daily dose. Um, which for some people might be a good thing. Uh, it seems that semaglutide got better weight loss on the whole compared to Sexenda. Um, those studies were done over a year and following uh, weight loss out there. Um, but both of them uh, were shown to get uh, good weight loss. Liraglutide, um, average weight loss at one year was about 9% of your body weight. And uh, semaglutide was a little higher than that. It's about 15 months or so, they were sitting at about 17% of body weight. So um, those are those are two drugs that are of the same class. They're called, um, and then semaglutide is one shot per week. 2.4 milligrams is the big dose. Um, semaglutide is, and liraglutide are both what we call GLP-1. Um, receptor agonists. And those GLP-1 medications have a um, an effect on slowing down the stomach emptying. And um, they also help with uh, insulin release from the pancreas and they slow down kind of your gut transit time. So uh, when you eat, it takes less to feel full and you stay fuller longer. They also work centrally in the brain to help uh, reduce uh, appetite overall. So people can eat less uh, more easily. And when they do eat less, uh, they stay, they fill up faster and stay full longer. Um, now, these medications have been around for quite a while. Safety doesn't seem to be a big issue with them. A lot of people complain of nausea, probably because the, the gut slows down. Uh, and if you try to eat more than what you should when you're on one of these you're going to see some nausea because you're you now packed uh, the stomach full uh with less food and i think there's just a learning curve to that mostly the nausea is at the highest levels when you first start it after people get used to it i think they kind of figure it out um these this class of medications is we don't have long-term studies on semaglutide loraglutide has been around for quite a while um, semaglutide is, um, that is Ozempic or Wegovi now, I guess, for, for obesity, um, uh, has uh, not been around that long to have really long-term safety profiles, but it, it seems like it's probably okay. The, the problem with both these drugs is they're both branded, and if you had to go pay cash for them and your insurance didn't cover them, which a lot of the insurance plans don't, uh, your cost would be about a thousand or twelve hundred dollars per month. Uh, the other downside to these is, uh, like most of the other obesity drugs, um, fentramine was. I'll skip back to fentramine. Like most of the other obesity drugs, if if you're counting on these medications 
to be your weight control mechanism and you're not really doing an effective diet, uh, but because of the drug, you're able to get your weight off, uh, you may need to stick with them long-term uh, to keep the weight from coming back. And again, if you're paying $1,000 or $1,200 or $1,300 a month uh, for these, uh, that's a costly uh, proposition. So um, those are that's probably the biggest problem we run into with these medications is just getting them paid for, and, um, and which is why they're not my first line choice because long term, if somebody needs a medication to help them control their weight, uh, I this would be a a bank buster as far as I'm concerned for most individuals. So, um, so there's that. And um, that I would call it a second or third line medication. If if other things aren't working, we can't get something else to help. Uh, these are good medications to go to, but they're really um, really spendy. Uh, there are some new studies out showing that semaglutide has a a benefit in reducing the risk of heart attacks and strokes by about twenty percent over the long term. Um, that's pretty exciting. They were excited about this at the OMA meeting. Uh, but again, uh, due to cost, and frankly, uh, lately it's shortages. It's very hard to get your hands on the medication, even at the pharmacy. Uh, we're talking about it. We're very excited about it. But it's like, where do you, how do you even get those? Um, and if I can get them, can I afford them? So uh, I think there are lots of great options uh, to the more expensive drugs at this point. Uh, if, if combined with the proper diet, the proper diet, in my opinion, is low-carb. I know the OMA will talk about, you can do any diet and it can work, but I would say the ones in our experience that people say is easiest and uh, simplest to understand and really most uh, directed at the primary problem is uh, the low-carb diet. Uh, okay, so uh, that concludes our list of uh, approved drugs for the kind of the standard treatment of obesity. And... Um, there are, there are others that are kind of um, not approved technically metformin, which we use in diabetes. I don't find it to be a great weight loss drug, but it does address insulin sensitivity and might be a helpful uh, add-on uh, for people who are um, need a little extra something. Um, the uh, There's another drug um, that is also expensive, like sumaglutide and liraglutide. This one's Menjaro. This one was all the talk in will be a lot of talk uh, going forward. Uh, terzepatide is the name of the drug, and it has been um, around for a few years now. It is a once-a-week shot also. It's also a four-digit cost factor, like $1,000 a month or more. Um, but it has uh, it's a GLP-1 receptor agonist uh, and a, a glucagon, uh, well, a GIP, uh, agonist as well. And so that has some additional benefit. There's a new one coming down the pipeline that's also, that's those things plus a glucagon um, inhibitor. And that one's may even have more benefit. And so um, all that's very exciting, but it's all kind of years away from kind of common utilization because of cost. And so anyway, those are the approved and uh, not approved, but yet known to be effective when you use them off-label type of medications. Again, none of this is intended to be medical advice for any individual uh, who's listening out there, but I thought it might be interesting for you to know that there's more than just Wegovy on the market for obesity. 
Um, Ligovi just happens to be sucking all the oxygen out of the room currently with regard to um, uh, obesity medication. So uh, I hope that was helpful in some regard. Uh, again, if you're if you talk to your primary care doctor about any of these and they are not um, comfortable with that, you might seek out an obesity medicine specialist and um, and get their opinion about one or any of these. Um, uh, and hopefully that will we we can get ahead of this obesity problem uh, before it takes us all down into bankruptcy. Uh, as I saw in a magazine recently, an article that said uh, we spend as a country about one point seven trillion dollars a year on obesity related illnesses uh, and addressing the obesity problem directly uh, this year. Um, will cost us about $265 billion, uh, which is seems crazy. Um, uh, but that's where we are. And as a society with 75% of the people struggling, uh, boy, that's a that's a big problem, 75% of adults. So uh, thank you for tuning in to Dr. Usher Ways In, um, where we deal with cost and obesity and healthcare. So uh, I will look forward to hearing, seeing you or speaking with you on a upcoming podcast.